0: This episode of Will's Bird Brain is brought to you by Ontario Wildlife Photography available from Dundurn Press and CanadianImages.net This stunning collection of wildlife photography features an array of avian wonders from raptors such as hawks and owls to songbirds like warblers and sparrows You'll also find incredible images of terrestrial animals from moose and foxes To fish and turtles, even dragonflies and bumblebees get featured here, all denizens of the marshlands of Point Pelee to the wilderness north of Lake Superior. Ontario Wildlife Photography is available from Dundurn Press and also available to order from Indigo Chapters, Amazon, and the author's websites, CanadianImages.net and GreenRavenPhotography.com. Check the show notes for more info on this beautiful book. Thank you, Ontario Wildlife Photography, for sponsoring today's episode. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the time-honored tradition of Thanksgiving? Family, food, fabulous Friday flash sales... Yes, these things certainly embody the spirit of the traditional American holiday. But there's one more thing that Thanksgiving just wouldn't be the same without. Turkeys! Welcome to Will's Bird Brain. Thanksgiving special. learn a little more about the holiday, explore some quirky tidbits about turkeys, and hopefully be reminded of all the great things to be thankful for, like birds. I've lived in the United States my entire life, celebrating the holiday of Thanksgiving every year, but I'll admit I never really knew too much about the history of the holiday. Before we talk Turkey, let's learn more about where this tradition came from. In the year 1620, 102 English pilgrims arrived in what is today Massachusetts. After an arduous journey, the colonists were in for a tough New England winter, which they mostly spent aboard their ship, surprisingly enough. This deadly season claimed about half the passengers, leaving only the hardiest survivors to wade ashore in March. To the colonists' surprise, they were greeted by Native American representatives from various tribes, including the Abenaki, the Patuxet, and the Wampanoag. An extremely important liaison was Squanto of the Patuxet. He taught the ailing English how to identify edible plants, catch fish, and, most importantly, cultivate corn. Basically, the pilgrims that arrived on the Mayflower would have certainly not survived or thrived had it not been for their Native American friends. After learning to utilize American soil properly, the English colonists had a successful harvest season and in November of 1621, they celebrated with their newfound friends. This first Thanksgiving lasted three days, Her thanks and praise were given to God, glorious feastings were had, and, for once, everyone coexisted. That's some interesting history, but how did Thanksgiving become the holiday it is today? We can think a couple of precedents for that. See what I did there? Think Thanksgiving. <clears throat> George Washington issued the first presidential Thanksgiving proclamation, citing the Revolutionary War victory and the ratification of the Constitution. Fast forward a few years to 1863. Up to this point, Many states in the North had been independently celebrating Thanksgiving on different days. But during the midst of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln officially declared Thanksgiving a national holiday, falling on the fourth Thursday of November. It's actually kind of funny. An influential person in this process was Sarah Josepha Hale, a writer who advocated for a centralized Thanksgiving for decades. You may be familiar with her work, such as the nursery rhyme Mary had a little lamb. Hale may have also popularized the most iconic aspect of Thanksgiving as well, the inclusion of turkey on the menu. During the first Thanksgiving, there have been no direct records stating turkey was on the menu. They most likely ate duck or geese, in addition to deer and vegetables. Some also say that they were in New England, they probably ate lobster rolls. Americans actually weren't too interested in turkey as a Thanksgiving dinner until Hale's novel Northwood, in which she described the perfect New England Thanksgiving dinner with a turkey at the head of the table. Since then, Millions of turkeys have been placed on Thanksgiving tables. Let's take a moment to thank them for bringing us together. Speaking of turkeys, the real stars of Thanksgiving, let's learn a little bit more about what makes them tick. Wild turkey, Melaagris galopova, native to North America. Wild turkeys are large birds, weighing 10 to 25 pounds, and about 3 to 4 foot in length. They have dark brown or black feathers, with light brown highlights all over. Their body is covered in feathers, except for their heads, which are bald, wrinkly, and red. Males also have a hanging, fleshy bit on their neck called a waddle, and their heads are covered with these fleshy lumps called caruncles. Females have similar plumage but are smaller and have less red heads. Their heads are more gray. Their feathers also tend to be a little duller. Speaking of their naked head, they may appear similar to another bird discussed on the podcast, the turkey vulture. We discussed how turkey vultures have naked heads for sanitary purposes, as they dive head first into rotting meat, but turkeys don't eat carrion. They mostly eat plant matter and insects. Turns out, turkeys have bald heads as a means of thermoregulation. Because the turkey's body is hefty and heavily feathered, they have between 5,000 and 6,000 feathers on their bodies, they get quite hot. Their naked head gives the body a space for heat to escape. On the opposite end of the scale, during cold winter weather, the turkey is able to shulk its head into its shoulders and cover its head with its neck feathers. It's kind of like pulling a hoodie over your head. Also. Male turkeys can actually change the color of their heads. During breeding season or other periods of excitement, the head may become a deeper red. Other times, they look closer to a female's head, which is grayish or bluish. Turkeys can thrive in most forested environments, and are frequently seen in rural areas or even the outskirts of cities. They can usually be found in flocks of between 6 and 25 birds. A group of turkeys is called a rafter. Speaking of the rafters, turkeys sleep in trees. They mainly do so to avoid predators, but they can fly and perch despite their size. Alright, we've got acquainted with turkeys a bit. Now get a load of some of the most interesting facts about turkeys. Did you know Benjamin Franklin may have proposed turkeys to be America's national bird over the bald eagle? In a letter written to his daughter, he explains how the bald eagle is a lazy and cunning bird preferring to steal its meal from others such as osprey. He continues to slam the bald eagle by saying even little kingbirds can scare off eagles. Just like I mentioned in the Red Winged Blackbird episode about how courageous blackbirds can fight eagles. Basically, these sleazy, cowardice birds do not deserve to be our nation's symbol, according to Benjamin Franklin. However, here's what he has to say about turkeys. And I quote... I am on this account not displeased that the figure is not shown as a bald eagle, but looks more like a turkey, for in truth the turkey is in comparison a much more respectable bird, and within a true original native of America. He is besides, though a little vain and silly, a bird of courage, and would not hesitate to attack a grenadier from the British guards who should presume to invade his farmyard with a red coat on. Now, we probably can't know exactly what Benjamin Franklin was coming from with this private letter, as he never publicly mentioned an opinion on national birds, but it's still a little amusing to look into this piece of history. Ever wonder why turkeys are called turkeys? Well, I can confirm, the country did come first. Turkeys are native to America, however, when settlers started sending turkeys back to Europe, the Europeans found them to bear a resemblance to another bird. This bird they were familiar with, the guinea fowl. Bald head, round body, same vibe. These birds were imported through Turkey, hence the connection. I know, it's a little convoluted, but Europeans started calling turkeys, turkeys, because they looked like another bird that arrived via turkey. People are funny. Here's a not-so-fun fact. In the early 1900s, turkeys were hunted almost to extinction. They were such a desirable meal, Americans ruthlessly bagged and cooked them. So much so, they completely disappeared from a number of eastern states. Not great. Thankfully, the turkey population is stable now. In fact, there's a separate breed of bird that is used specifically for eating domestic turkeys. They're a little different from wild turkeys, their plumage looks different, and they can't fly. Speaking of domestic turkeys, People eat approximately 50 million turkeys every Thanksgiving. Holy moly! I'm surprised the entire country hasn't collapsed due to mass coma. While it sounds like humans need to be forgiven for eating so many turkeys, the United States government has it the other way around. For over a hundred years, people and organizations have been sending turkeys to the White House as gifts or symbols to the president. Some even say this goes back as far as Abraham Lincoln. The turning point, though, was with the Poultry and Egg National Board and the National Turkey Federation. This organization sent President Truman a couple of prize turkeys in 1947. From then on, receiving prize turkeys became a presidential presentation and event. JFK actually may have started the tradition of turkeys being spared, though, as at one of his presentations, he said he should let the turkey keep going, whatever that means. The official turkey pardoning came from none other than George H.W. Bush. Animal rights protesters were campaigning outside the fences of the White House. And this is what he had to say a little cheekily. But let me assure you, and this fine Tom Turkey, that he will not end up on anyone's dinner table. Not this guy. He's granted a presidential pardon, as of right now. And allow him to live out his days on a children's farm not far from here. And thus, the American tradition was born. Now turkeys are handpicked from the president's home state to be pardoned by the commander-in-chief himself, or herself. Each president thus far has been keeping this little gag alive. Turkeys are interesting creatures. And I'm thankful for their numerous sacrifices to adorn our holiday tables. Now, before I leave you, I'd like to tell you a few things I'm thankful for this season. Here's one you might not have guessed, birds. I'm thankful for the endless joy birds and birding have brought me over the years. From their uplifting singing to their beautiful feathers, our world is much brighter with them in it. And hey, I'm thankful for all the other animals too. Besides spiders and horses. Don't get me started on them. Friends and family. I'm a loner by nature. Maybe that's what drew me into birding. It's a hobby that can be enjoyed alone. And I do like birding solo. It's a great way to meditate and take in the lovely scenery and the birds, but I'm thankful for my friends and family as well. During difficult times, it's nice to have people that support you and offer guidance. Any sort of relationship is hard work, and my friends and family do drive me crazy every now and then. But at the end of the day, I'm glad to have them. The Birding Community As I've mentioned before, I've had a rough start getting into the birding community, but I'm glad I've been able to build my own network of incredible, knowledgeable people. It's been wonderful seeing how inclusive and accessible birding can be. And hey, wanna go birding with me? Shoot me a message on Instagram, let's make it happen. I'm so thankful for all of these wonderful things that birds have given to me, Indirectly or directly. While you bow your heads and thank God for all the blessings in your life, don't forget to include His humble little creatures, the common bird, and, of course, that 15 pound bird at the head of your table. Thank you for your life, Mr. Turkey. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you too will look at these common critters a little differently after learning a little more about how their bird brains work. Be sure to catch me over on Instagram at willsbirdbrain. There I post complimentary photos for each episode, funny videos, and more. You may also reach out on Twitter at willsbirdbrain or shoot me an email at willsbirdbrain at gmail.com If you enjoyed the episode, I'd really appreciate if you dropped a rating or review or shared the episode with a bird curious friend as well. Until next time, remember, always be birding.